everyone, I want to thank you for joining me today for Modern Heathen Man. Today's going to be a special Modern Heathen Man. And the first thing I need to do to uh, do this one is apologize to the people that have promos out there for. I'm not going to do promos in this segment. I'm sitting here, I'm having lunch with my wife, Kelly. Hello. And of course, I'm Joe. And the reason we're not going to have promos today is I just wanted to talk a little bit to you guys about joining a kindred. And with what I'm seeing now and the amount of people that are wanting to form kindreds and join kindreds and become part of a kindred, I felt it was time to address what we should be looking for as people when we look at a kindred. So when I begin, what I want to start out with is no kindred is bad. I'm not going to say that at all. There's not a single bad kindred. The trick is, though, we have to see if that kindred fits the criteria of what we ourselves are looking for, what our path has, and what we see where our path is going and leading to. There are some people that have very good kindreds, and within those really good kindreds, they're very spiritual, even more spiritual than I am. And a lot of times I have to look at those and say, you know, would I be a good fit in there or not? And I know I'm a Gothi, and I know I come to you guys, you know, every once in a while with a modern heathen man, but there are some people that are a lot more spiritual than I am, a lot more connected to Yord, the gods, the ancestors, and even the Landvatir and the Skyvatir and everything else than I am. And I envy those people because they are so connected. But if it's a if it's a kindred full of those people, I have to ask myself, how will I fit there? Will I learn from them? Will I grow from them? Will I be able to thrive there? Or will I feel less each time I go? Um, if it's going to make me feel bad, I don't want to attend there. And that won't make me want to go to my kindred. And that's not what a kindred is supposed to be. So when we begin looking at kindreds, we have to look at a lot of different aspects. The first aspect, obviously, like I just discussed, is your spirituality and your spiritual level. Um, is it a place where you want to go learn and become better at what you are? Is it a place that can help feed that need, that can help grow you as a person, as an asatruer, as a heathen, as a member of their unit to the point that you are able to go ahead and see yourself progressing forward consistently along with them. If that's the case, then more power to you. Go ahead and join that kindred. The next thing you want to look for in joining a kindred is, you know, whether or not you have a family. If you have a family, you want to definitely make sure that kindred is family-oriented. Um, there are a lot of kindreds out there that still today practice um, actual sacrifice. And I use this as a ramping idea for what I'm talking about. So if your children are not used to seeing that, they would not do well with the slaughtering of an animal. And I know we're offering it and we're doing it as a sacrifice, but I say slaughtering because that's basically what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to say there is because there are a lot of people who still practice that. And it's very valid and very whatever you want to call it, but that's what they do. So you have to look if that's where your family's going to fit. And if you have children, whether or not they're going to fit in there. There are kindreds like my own who do specific things with children. We have some teenagers and we have some very young children. And we try to involve them every time we can in the service as much as we can in the service so that they feel that they're part of that service. Um, any bloat we have or any ritual we have, we make sure to have parts for all of them. 
Our head Valkyrie is actually a young girl. She's a teenager. So she gets to pass around the horn and bring the libation to everyone. She brings the offering back to me. She's part of that. We have some of our teen boys that go ahead and they hallow the area before we do it. We have some other girls that participate in lighting incense and so on and so forth, just so that they feel that they are an integral part of the actual service. And our youngest members, they actually help um, blow the horn and stuff. Blow the to horn bring, to let people know that we're going to start, right. right? To bring the gods in, to let everyone know that we're going to begin our service. It's really important that not only ourselves, but our children find a place within the kindred in the sense that they also need to grow spiritually. And we need to look and see if this is the place for them to do so. Again, nourishing, building, and thriving. That's what we're looking for for our children in everyday life. That's what we need to be looking for in our kindred selection. The next part of kindred selection I'm going to go over is going to be whether or not you... How do I want to say this right? Whether or not you feel connected to those people. I know this sounds really weird because you won't know the first, you know, couple times, but we all have a connection to people that we can feel, that we can identify with, that we know is there, but we don't know what it is sometimes. Um, ironically, in my kindred, or in the kindred I belong to, um, there's a person there, and her name was Andrea, and I had met her a couple times not knowing anything about her, but it turns out she shares the same last name with me, and it ended up where her husband was a second cousin in my family tree. Ironically weird, and we felt the connection immediately, and we were able to, you know, build on that, but we didn't know we were actually related until, what was it, two months, Kel? Three months? Uh, three or four months later. Three I, or I four months was... later, yeah, I mistakenly saw something with her last name, and I was like, hey, you share the same last name as me. And we began and talking a little bit more about it. they didn't realize it until after they were Facebook friends. Right. Like for, what, a month or two? Yeah, a month or two, something like that. didn't even realize that the last name was the same. Right. And it was really cool because I thought that we, you know, found that connection. And we were like, okay, this is a great connection. And it's ironic how that worked out. And it's cool how that worked out because... Right. I mean, just how much more of a connection do you want to a kindred than that? Well, and you know, it's an unusual last name. It's right. something that, you know, you wouldn't see in our part of the world. Right. You know, it was just a lot of connections there. And you know, our kids are, are close because of that. You know, they're, right. they're very close to each other because of that. And they have this kinship beyond a kindred. They actually have this familial relationship yeah. Which makes it easier for them because being where we live now, it's hard to be something other than Caucasian. Right, or Christian. Or Christian in our area. Right. So, you know, here's this little Puerto Rican kid and this other little Puerto Rican kid who's, you know, part Korean, part Korean. And they can right. get along really well and talk to each other. And they have these ties not only with family but with religion and they get along really well and they play games together and and they have somebody to talk to that is their age their and in their family yeah and in their family that they can discuss things with and not feel weird about talking to somebody about it right so i mean that that's really important that you make sure that you fit that and your whole family fits that and you feel comfortable around those people 
The next piece I want to talk about is, we, we all know there's a couple different types of heathenry. We have the universal heathenry, we, which is a universal kindred lets anybody in that wants to be in. We have the tribalists, who are people that believe that only kindred people are able to um, worship, and those people, you know, their families, and so on and so forth. So the tribalists, and uh, what's the last one? It's called... Um, the folkish. The folkish, who believe that only the northern European people are able to... Um, worship. Worship or have access to the gods. Nothing wrong with those people. That That's their belief system. We honor that belief system. And we say more power to them and what they do. But, um, as I said before, as long as it doesn't infringe on anybody else or begin to hurt other people, we're okay with that. Now, you have to see which one of those you fit in as well. If you are one of these people who um, are like me, who believe that, you know, Asatru is for everyone. That everyone has a right to worship the gods and can go ahead and begin to build onto that and build onto the people that are able to worship the gods and further our religion by allowing everyone in you know that's what you have to look at if you're one of the other people you have to see that as well you know expectations are expectations are expectations in the sense that if you go there expecting it to be universalist and it's not it's not going to be good you're not going to enjoy your time there. You're not going to have a good time there. And nine times out of ten, you're going to make more enemies than you do friends. And it's just not going to work out for you. So one of the first things I tell people when they try to join our um, kindred is immediately I say, you do realize we are a universalist kindred. We allow everyone in of every ethnicity, every background. They're able to come in and join us and worship with us and just have a good time. We don't single people out. Um, we've had Christians come in and join us. We've had Methodists come in and join us. Mm -hmm. We've had you know, any number of Pentecostals come and join us. Because we're open, we allow people to come in and do that. We don't hide what we do. We don't hide behind what we do. So, And it also the, gives education so that right. they know what we believe in, what we are doing, how closely related it is to what they do, what they believe in, what they do in their ceremony, their ceremonies, their rituals, things like that. So... It's an education for them as well. Right, right. And it brings it brings more familiarity to who we are, what we do, and everything else. And in doing that, we become more and more of the norm rather than the exception. Right. So with that said, move on from there. The last aspect of joining a kindred is being comfortable with their, with their ceremonies. Um, I mean, when you attend one of their ceremonies or their bloats or anything, you should feel very comfortable... Um, we believe in our kindred that we need to build each other up. There shouldn't be no body telling you you're doing something wrong or you're doing this wrong or you're doing that wrong. Um, as questions do come out, we try to answer them as best we can. And nine times out of ten, the answer that we give is, have you consulted your ancestors? Have you asked the gods how they feel about what you're doing? And, you know, how do you feel about that? What was your answer from the gods? What was your answer from the ancestors? And then we go from there. Are you looking for a different way to do it? Or are you just looking to see if this way is cool or kosher? I mean, the, you hear all the time there's no wrong way to worship in heathenry. And that's absolutely true. I mean, other than burning down a forest to sacrifice it to a god because you feel like that. But then you're doing harm to someone else. And again, that's where we come in and say that's not allowed. But if you're going to go out and you're going to ask a tree for a leaf, you know, you want to know if that's cool or not. I don't know. What do your ancestors say? What does the God say? You know, do you, 
are you supposed to ask a tree for the leaf or do you just go and grab a leaf that you want you know and it's for us to learn on our path alone you know my path is not your path and your path is not mine and we all have to do our own things so it may be okay for me to do one thing because i find no problem with it and i've consulted the gods and I've consulted my ancestors and it's cool where it may be totally opposite for you so i mean i don't know how to explain one of those but that's the way it is um with that said this is what i'm talking about in joining kindred if you follow all these steps and you find the kindred you like then by all means join it if you follow all these steps and you cannot find a kindred you like by all means start to build your own and one of the biggest problems that people have with starting to build their own kindred is that they feel like they have to meet certain criteria and that's not the truth um there should be somebody that goes for some type of goatee training eventually in there. But if it's just a bunch of people that are getting together to have a bloat to the gods, the gods don't care about people's titles. They really don't. They don't care, you know, this type of thing. All they care about is being venerated. They like to see that you're venerating them, you're doing it together, you're trying to mimic what you know the ancestors did. And they will show favor to you for doing so. Um... Now, I think as a goalie, from my perspective as a goalie, I'm not one. I'm working on it. But the title for goalie is somebody for me that you go to when you have a question. So it's not like a Christian minister where you go to for absolute guidance from the book. He knows where to find it in the book. He knows exactly where to get the advice from. He knows... The Gothi is there to go to to say, look, I have a problem. Right. What advice can you give me or where do I go for advice? It's right. not even about getting the advice from that person. It's about having somebody to go to to ask where the advice might come from. Right. Yeah, nine times out of ten, if somebody comes with a really big question... You can ask my wife. I'll sit down and I'll meditate for a while. And I'll actually consult the runes. It has nothing to do with me. I'll give them what the runes mm -hmm. say. And they'll say, that's weird. It has nothing to do with what I ask. And I say, I don't know. All I'm telling you is this is what you're supposed to know right now. They'll come back to me months later and go, you know, that rune cast was like right on the money. Mm -hmm. I know I didn't get it at first, but this is what it means. So it's not even me that answers them. It's the Norns. And I show them how to do a rune cast. I show them how to do, you know, get in touch with the, the Norns and see what's going on so that they can get their answers for themselves later. And right. it's not like I'm saying this to say that I'm pushing everything off on somebody else. That's not the case. But as a gozi, it's my job to build your spirituality, help you along your path without telling you exactly what to do. Um, more of a mentor than an actual pastor. So that's where the people stray from what a Gothi is nine times out of ten. So right. with that said, I hope you guys enjoyed our, our little talk here. Do you have anything to add before we go, Kel? I don't think so. Okay. So we're going to let you go. And I want to thank you all for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, if you have any questions, go ahead and um, send them here. Or write me at modernheathenman at gmail.com. And I'll be more than happy to answer those questions for you. I look forward to coming back to you guys later and um, telling you a little bit more about other stuff. And I want to hail you for taking the time to be a better heathen and hail you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. So 
Thank you all, everyone, and have a great day.